Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, praise God. I said praise God. Is anybody glad to be here tonight on this beautiful Wednesday night? Man, worshipers are in the house tonight. And uh, man, God bless all of you. Uh, We sense that God is up to something. Have you all been enjoying this new uh, format, this uh, kind of structure on Wednesday nights? Uh, last, last week, if you weren't here, go back and listen to that. Uh, Pastor Peter Reeves was with us. Uh, we call those revival nights or the first Wednesday. So that happens the first Wednesday of, of every, every month. And then in the middle, those, those weeks that are in the middle, uh, we dive a little bit deeper into Scripture. And uh, tonight we're actually uh, talking about spiritual gifts. And so we're looking specifically at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll get to that in a moment. So this is a two-part series. Next week, we'll continue with that. And then the final Wednesday of the month, that's when all the prayer warriors get together and we intercede and we pray and we touch heaven. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so, uh, man, I'm excited about uh, tonight. And right off the the top here, I wanna just say this and declare this. And I want you to... Uh, I'm going to cue you and I'm going to set you up. So I need, you, I need you to help me out. I want you to clap your hands once I say it because you're believing and you're claiming that it's true. But let me say this. Faith Assembly is a Holy Spirit dependent church. Clap your hands. Okay. Any disobedient people back there, you're not clapping your hands. I'm going to give you one more. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to give you one more try. Here we go. This time, maybe just shout a little bit too, okay? We'll get a little bit Pentecostal just for a second here. All right. So Faith Assembly, we are a Holy Spirit dependent church. Come on. Yes. The Holy Spirit. We are Pentecostal. And uh, man, as I was praying and preparing, I got, I got a lot of notes, so I'm, I'm going to try not to uh, go too deep on you, but I do really want to teach tonight as well because this is so important. And we do, we have a, a statement of, of uh, beliefs and, you know, you could look at the, the Assemblies of God doctrine or you could look at the doctrine for Faith Assembly, this church, and you could look at it and yes, we're Pentecostal and we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. But what I've been praying for and believing for is that we don't just leave it like on the wall or we don't leave it just in a textbook where it's just a statement of beliefs, but we actually go and we live it out every single day. Amen? That's, that's who we are as Pentecostal believers. And, and uh, some of you might say, well, I'm a, I'm a charismatic or I'm a Pentecostal, but I still wear my seatbelt, okay, uh, because I'm a little bit conservative. And we'll talk about that. We'll dive into that in just a, a moment. But the one thing that I want you to do is just open up your heart and open up your mind because if you can just position yourself in such a way to receive from the Holy Spirit, I believe God's going to bless you greatly tonight. Amen. Are you with me? So whatever kind of changes need to happen, just, uh, just be all about it. Uh, I like somebody said it like this, the world is loud and the Holy Spirit often likes to whisper. So we got to be tuned in. We got to just dial in. And so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer uh, here right now. We do want to pray as well for uh, Mary uh, Elmati's family. Uh, we just received news of this, but uh, uh, she... 
she was married to uh, Ash, and many of you knew him, and he passed away uh, not too long ago, really, and, and uh, she, we found out uh, today that uh, she passed away yesterday as well, and so she has several kids and some grandkids, and they need the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. They need the Holy Spirit, and so we're going we're gonna, to uh, just believe that, that God would wrap uh, his loving arms around them and, and give them that peace that surpasses all understanding because uh, uh, any of us in that situation, we would definitely, definitely need that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. God, we do pray for, for Mary's family right now. God, I just pray for these kids and God, these grandkids. I pray, God, you would have mercy. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be so real, just almost in a tangible way to this family. God, you would minister your peace to them. And God, that you would uh, just uh, move in a supernatural way that they would, they would, although they're going through a storm, although they're going through this season, they would sense your Holy Spirit working in their midst, God, and just give them that hope that is so desperately needed now. We thank you for being with them. And God, we pray tonight for uh, this message and this time together. I pray, God, that, that you would open up our hearts to receive tonight. God, that you would help us to hunger after the Holy Spirit and the things of God. And so we just decide right now that we're ready and we're hungry and we position ourselves in, in such a way to receive. And everybody said, amen. 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 You know, the Bible says that we are to uh, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So it's something that we should be uh, practicing in our lives that we are hungry. We sang about it a moment ago, but we're, we're hungering and we're thirsting after the things of God, but, but even more specifically for the spiritual gifts. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, Paul says this, Follow the way of love, and here it is, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to outline these in just a moment. We're going to get into these and what that means in just a moment. But the, but the state of our heart should be such that we eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like we shouldn't have the attitude, well, if, if God gives them to me, great, but I don't really care. No, we should, we should be ready and we should be always uh, in this posture of, God, if you want to use me, uh, because really that's what the gifts of the Spirit are for, is to edify the church. How many know we have a lot of work to do as the church? I'm thankful that, uh, that you are here. I'm thankful that over the years we've seen incredible uh, things happen at this church. Lives have been changed. Lives have been transformed. But we have really just begun. And we have to be an empowered church so the Holy Spirit gifts his people so that we can be even greater witnesses so that we can be even more effective. And so that's why it's important that we position ourselves in a way, again, that we are, are ready to receive and we actually desire these things. That's what Paul says. And, uh, and, and some of you, you may have this uh, kind of attitude that says, well, I am all about the Holy Spirit, but I don't wanna be a part of anything that is weird, right? And, and I'm, I get it, I'm with you. I'm, I'm all about the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to be a part of anything that is weird. And the problem with that statement is that the term weird is a little bit subjective, isn't it? Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you didn't grow up in, in the, the Pentecostal movement or, uh, you know, the first time you heard someone speaking in tongues, you thought it was a little weird. 
So with that logic, when that type of statement, you would walk into a room and maybe you'd hear somebody that, that was speaking in tongues. You were like, ah, oh, man, uh, I'm, I'm not really about that, so I'm just going to close off to that, that portion of Scripture, even though we know, we know the New Testament teaches all about it. And, you know, Paul says, I, I speak in, uh, I'm, thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you and stuff like that. So we know it's a part of Scripture. So if we have this attitude of like, um, yeah, as long as it's not weird, then, then I'll be a part of it. You just have to be careful. I mean, I was thinking about this. Can you imagine, uh, you know, the Bible talks about this, this man that was born blind. He was blind from, from birth, and Jesus is walking along. He spits in the ground, and he makes mud. And he, ta- he makes like a paste, right, and he puts it on his eyes. If you walked up on that, and this is Jesus, most of us would say, man, I don't know what's going on here, but that seems a little bit weird, and we would think that. So... I'm not saying we should just desire weirdness, okay? I'm not saying we should just desire kookiness or anything like that. But I think sometimes we, see, we swing so far on the pendulum and on the other side that we negate real moves of the Spirit of God simply because maybe it's outside of our comfort zone. And so what if we just said, God, I don't, I'm not just desiring something that is different and weird just for the sake of it being different and weird, but God, if you do want to do something through me, God, if you do want to give me something that I've never experienced before, God, I'm down with that. Why? Because I just want what, what is best for your church. I want you to flow through me, and I don't want to you know, hinder anything that you want to do. Amen? Amen. So that's so, so important. And uh, just because there has been mis- misuse of the gifts of the Spirit, and some of you that have been around for a while, you'd say, yeah, there's been some misuses of the gifts of the Spirit. And I get that. But just because there's been misuse of the gifts of the Spirit doesn't mean that they're, they're not real and that they shouldn't be active in every believer's life. For example, if we use that type of logic, we would say, well, people have misused the pulpit. People have misused preaching. Well, we don't want to get rid of preaching, do we? Somebody say, say no, all right? Because I just have to walk off and just be like, oh man, this, I'm sad now. Or, or some people have misused the gifts of healing, but we all believe in healing and we pray for it. And when times of communion, we claim that by his stripes, we are healed. So we don't get rid of all that stuff either. No, it's still a part of who we are. So just because there is misuse in something doesn't mean that we just throw it all away. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 19 says this. Now get ready for this. Do not quench the spirit. How many of you have heard that before? Do not quench the spirit. And, you know, I used to lead worship back in the day, and there was times where I was, like, just almost a little bit scared. He's like, I don't want to end the song too soon. I, don't, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm leading this thing. I don't want to quench the spirit, okay, because you just want to be sensitive, and you want to, you want to be open to, to, to the move of God. It says, do not treat prophecies with contempt, But test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. And if you really look at that word quench, when it says do not quench, it's saying this, do not extinguish or do not put out. And a lot of times our attitudes and our demeanor will do just that. If we come into a worship service or we we are praying at home or we're uh, at our workplace or whatever, right, and the Holy Spirit begins to to move on, on our hearts and we resist, that's one way that you can extinguish the Spirit of God or if you neglect, or if you ignore, or if you despise. Those are, those are specific ways that you can actually uh, quench the spirit. So again, this is a little bit challenging. I'm trying to just stretch you a little bit further in this area. 
The Holy Spirit uh, gives believers spiritual gifts and we should desire them, like I said. And the gifts of the Spirit are given to the church for the building up of the church, the edification of the church. Now, what I wanna do now is just kind of break down the spiritual gifts that are, that are noted in, in the New Testament. And this sometimes brings confusion, but hopefully this, this will help you. The first kind of category that I wanna talk about tonight is the motivational gifts or the motive gifts. And if you were here, I think it was last June, we went through the series Driven and we did like our little uh, assessments and we said, oh, this is probably the gift that I operate in the most, uh, the most. And so this is maybe my motive gift or my motivational gift. And that's found there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse four, also uh, Romans chapter 12, verses six through eight. So we got our perceiver, server, teacher, exhorter, giver, administrator, compassion. Wave at me if you remember that part, right? Okay. Now the one that we're gonna dive into a little bit deeper tonight is this next category called the manifestation gifts. And if you guys can go to that next slide, that's what I'm gonna reference right here. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse six. And again, we're gonna, we're gonna read these and we're gonna list them uh, in a moment. Verse Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven through 10. So putting all these together, we have a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation. Okay, so those are all uh, what are called the manifestation gifts or sometimes the spirituals. And, uh, and I'll, I'll get to that in a moment on why it, it is called that. And then the last category is called the ministry gifts. And these are more like the offices uh, of ministry, the apostle, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And then you see the, uh, the reference there, the, the scripture reference there. So again, we're focusing on that middle category, the manifestation gifts. And, and maybe it's easy for you to remember that way because you already know we've talked about motivational gifts. The second one is manifestation gifts. And then the last one is ministry gifts. So Paul is writing to the Corinthian church here, and he's saying, um, I want you to be aware of these gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed about these gifts. And here's what he writes, okay? So this is found, again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, so it's for the church, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. In other words, like no one that's really operating under the, the Spirit is going to say something like that. So he's giving instruction, trying to inform them on, on what is uh, of the Spirit and what's not of the Spirit. And then he says, um, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it is the same God at work. So it's, it's the same Holy Spirit that, that ushers all of these gifts in, right? And it comes, they all come from God. So he's just making that clear. And here's where he goes and he starts to list, list them. Uh, verse seven says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given, and that's kind of why they uh, have the term uh, manifestation uh, gifts or spiritualities, some people call them. It's given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, 
to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. I think he's trying to drive something home here, right? To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. All right, are you with me so far? Say yes. yes. All right, good. Now let's dive into this because I want to talk about uh, kind of a summary of the use of these gifts. Number one, God is not going to give these gifts, or the Holy Spirit is not going to move on somebody that can operate in these gifts unless they are first born again. Do I have anybody that is in here tonight that is a born again believer, right? So you understand when you, that, that's a great, that's the greatest gift ever is the gift of salvation. So that's step one. Once you say, Jesus, come into my heart, wash me, I choose to follow you and uh, you turn from your sin and you're starting to walk in righteousness. That's an amazing gift that we are, are given. We, we, we didn't earn it, but it was uh, given to us and it's so amazing. That's when the, the spirit is alive and active in our lives. Now, we believe that when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about that next week, that everything is heightened and you're given uh, kind of a new level, but really the qualification there is, is for believers or for Christians. Number two, the gifts are not given that we might be bigger stars, but that we might be better servants. So in other words, it's so human nature that when God uses us, we want to like puff up our chest a little bit and be like, look how great I am. And I'm thankful that we have leaders here at this church. And, and I believe that people that are on this platform and those that, that model uh, leadership around here, we are servant leaders. It's not about us. It's not about one name, right? It's about his name. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. So let me just make that very clear. And if we've communicated anything different, we're sorry. Come talk to us afterwards and we will repent because it's all about him. But I think about this, uh, the, um, in the New Testament, we have these prophets and we have the religious teachers, the Pharisees, and, and they would uh, go out into the streets and they would, they would have on their arm something called phylacteries. And it's like basically this wooden box that was there that, had, that contained written scripture on, on there. And uh, I don't think Jesus really had a problem with that. It's part of the Jewish, Jewish culture, and they would have these phylacteries, these wooden boxes, and it was fine. It was like a normal size phylactery, which is a hilarious word, by the way. Um, and then they would have on their garments these, these woven, like, little tassels. But, you know, because of human nature and because they were trying to make it all about them, they started making these things bigger and larger and bigger. And then they would go out, and what started as a good thing got completely taken out of context and they tried to get the, the largest box they could on their arms so that they would be noticed by other people. Wow. And then they made all their garments even more ornate, not to bring honor to God, not to, not to bring honor to the scripture, but to bring honor to themselves. And that's when Jesus says, whatever you do, don't be like them. Because he's not about people making uh, the moves of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit about themselves. No gift is more glamorous than the other. 
People tend to especially consider miracles and healing like those are the elite spiritual gifts. Those are the ones that, man, if somebody has the gift of healing, oh, they must be like anointed by God and, and God is just almost like standing back of their, their holiness and how awesome they are. But when they're listed in scripture, there is no differ, difference between uh, healing or, or word of knowledge or word of wisdom. It's all the same thing. In fact, uh, Paul goes on to say, I won't take time to read this, but he starts to break down this chapter and say, it's like we're all one body. And if the spirit is distributing these gifts and saying, you know what, in this moment, I'm gonna impart this, this spiritual gift to you and you're gonna operate in that gift. I might give you something and then someone else another thing, but it's not that one is greater than the other. And you shouldn't even feel that. In other words, you, you shouldn't say things like, like if we were a body is the illustration, the foot should not say to the hand, like, oh, I'm not as important. Not that hands and feet talk to each other, but you know what I'm saying, like in the illustration. Or the ear and the eye, like which is more important? No, they're both important. They, they serve different functions and different roles. And so that's why we have to have a proper understanding that, that uh, no gift is more glamorous than another. And just whatever God, however God wants to use us, we need to be open to that. Number three, spiritual gifts are not the same as natural talents. Man, I was, I was going through uh, YouTube watching some, I, I played drums growing up, uh, so percussion and drums and stuff like that. So I have these videos of the old school Buddy Rich. Anybody know who Buddy Rich is? The, okay, all right, so like I, I, I could watch that guy play forever. And so then, you know, the next suggested video comes up and then the next suggest, so I'm sitting there watching like for 30 minutes, all these drummers do the, do the thing. And I watch these little five-year-old kids sit down at the drum set and they just have a natural talent. They just have a natural ability just to sit down. And I'm like, I could probably practice from now until, you know, the, the time that I, that I die and I would never even reach it. They just have it. You know, people that just have it, right? They just get it. Or some, some people, they're like, I don't know if I can sing. And they just start singing. And you're like, how in the world? You've never been trained before. You just have a natural talent. And so natural talents are one thing. You watch Tiger Woods as a kid swing the golf club. This is a true story. My, my son has been getting into golf. And so we went to the driving range. And, uh, and, I, and I had him do something for me. I said, uh, I want you to record my swing. Stand behind me and record my swing. Now, in my mind, I look like Tiger Woods when I swing. I mean, it's like, it's smooth, silky smooth. It's just, you know, boom. And I'm thinking, yes, this is, I'm, I'm gonna be super impressed by this video. In fact, if Golf Digest gets a hold of this, they may do a whole featured section just on me and my swing. And so, so I, I go up there and I'm, I'm swinging and I hit it pretty good in my mind. I think it's pretty good. And then my son's like, here, here, dad. And I, and I look, <laughs> I, I look at the video and I'm like, that's me. Surely not. Something is wrong. Cause I look, I look like I need a chiropractor. You know, I look, I got all kinds of like joint issues. I just, there's problems. So I don't have the, the natural talent like some have. But um, I, want you, I wanna show this video. I could not stop laughing at this video. I just had to show it tonight. But you can tell that uh, this young man is gonna be a professional athlete. Go ahead, guys. Hey, Dad, think fast. Listen, that child is going to be a pro athlete. Oh! <laughs> 
You heard that? She said, my child, that, that child is going to be a professional athlete. And then that happens. All right, you could, you could take that down. I don't know if I should have shown that or not. But anyways. But listen, as good as natural abilities are, or the lack of, right? Some of you are like, thank God that there's the spirit because my natural talent lacks. Um, but as, as good as natural abilities are, they're still limited. And listen to this. They cannot tap into the hidden realm. They cannot uh, defeat spiritual enemies. But God, man, God will use you in incredible ways. And this is not just natural talent. This goes beyond the, uh, the education and the training and the knowledge. And God can use you in supernatural ways. And he, he uses spiritual gifts. So what are spiritual gifts? Well, they're imparted to us both at salvation and also as the Spirit wills. So yes, we're given gifts at salvation, but there might be a moment where the Holy Spirit just comes on you and you're able to operate in a spiritual gift. And it, it may be in a church service or it may be at your work or it may be at your school or, or you fill in the blank. But it happens just maybe in a moment. The Holy Spirit comes on you and it's just as he wills. It's not like you command it. You know, it's not like a superpower that you can just tap into. All It's just when the Holy Spirit uh, decides to, to do that uh, and, and move in your life in that way. So spiritual gifts go beyond genetics, educational background, and experiential skill. So that's number three. Uh, they're not the same as natural talents. Number four, the gifts should never be void of love. Um. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, we read it earlier. It says, follow the way of love. And then that's the part that says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Follow the way of love. And uh, Pastor Jason and I were joking uh, earlier tonight how it's funny how maybe sometimes when somebody wants to say something and it's a little bit mean, they say, I just want to say this in love. You're like, you're fat and ugly. I'm like, how is that, how is that in love? You know, so, um, but it's supposed to be edifying. When, when God uses you, when God uses someone in a spiritual gift, it is to edify, it's to build up. It's not to tear down. It's not to have an attitude and be destructive, but it's to be helpful in nature. So for example, if somebody came up to me and said, God told me that you're a terrible leader, uh, you're gonna fail and take the church down with you, and you're really, really ugly, I would say that's not of God. I'd say, get thee behind me, Satan, right? No, I'd be like, no, we need to talk. Like, like what? maybe they're misinformed or misguided, but that's not the proper use of the gifts of the Spirit. Number five, the gifts should not be confused with spirituality. These are grace gifts. You didn't earn them, just like you didn't earn salvation. So they're grace gifts, and I gotta move on. All right, number six, the gifts are not meant to be used only inside a church service. And a lot of times people think that. The Holy Spirit moves inside the four walls of the church, inside the context of a service, but then when I go out into my workplace, I go out into the marketplace, then that's where it ceases. But that's not true. In fact, when you study scripture and you start to read about where the gifts were activated the most, it was not in the corporate worship setting. It was actually out in the marketplace. So it's just opposite of what we normally think. Um, uh, the, the majority of them occur in everyday service to Christ or in, as you're ministering, as you're uh, uh, doing the work of, of the church. 
outside of the, the worship service. So the Holy Spirit is not inactive during the week when we're not gathered together. So let me quickly go through these, uh, these gifts that were first mentioned there, and then we're going to cover the, the, the second grouping of gifts next week. The first gift I want to talk about tonight is the gift of wisdom. How many of you pray for wisdom? You should. Because the Bible says that if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask. And I find myself very, very often saying, God, I don't have a clue. Please help me. I need your wisdom. I pray that almost every day. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom that I need, the, the, the divine wisdom that comes from you so I can lead people well. God, give me wisdom. And that should be a prayer of, of really all of God's people. Um, so I pray for that. There's times where you might say, well, where's the playbook for this? The Bible gives us kind of like an outline, a structure, but where is the, the true uh, playbook? I don't know wh- whether to say yes. I don't know whether to say no. Then you go to the Lord in prayer and you ask for wisdom. Um, I was so impressed. Uh, I, I will say this about our church board. Uh, we have a church board that loves Jesus very, very much. And let me tell you something. We pray for wisdom. We closed out our last meeting and we just said, God, we are making decisions. We need your wisdom. And it was a beautiful thing to see just this attitude of we don't have it all together. We can't operate in our own strength. God, if you don't show up, we will fail. So God, we need you to show up. God, we need your wisdom. And we listen, right? But here's the thing. With a word of wisdom, it's different than just the, uh, uh, an overall type of wisdom, like maybe doing the right thing and staying in scripture and praying, that's a, that's a wisdom and you become a wise person. But there are moments when the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be given a word of wisdom or an utterance of wisdom. And it's something that's divine. It's something that maybe uh, that, that you wouldn't know without the, the Spirit's help. So you, you take a look at scripture and, and an example of this is in John chapter eight, verse seven, when this woman is caught in adultery. You know, can you imagine this moment where Jesus is there and there are people around Jesus and they're trying to trip Jesus up and, and trap him and say, well, what are you gonna do with this woman? See, the law says this and they're trying to like, put, you know, uh, stump him on this whole process. And then Jesus, because he's Jesus, he can speak a word of wisdom. And he says, okay, um, if any of you are without sin, be the first one to cast the stone, right? right. Talk about a mic drop moment right. or a stone drop moment, I guess. Right. I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm gone. If any of you, I mean, I can imagine the conviction level that was there. And it was a way that, that he responded in, in this situation. And so uh, another example is in Acts chapter 15, there was this debate about uh, Gentiles. Can Gentiles be a part of, of salvation? And James receives a word of wisdom and he begins to speak out. Yes, they can. And he explains why it's, it's, one, uh, it's one body and that they uh, are allowed to be a part of the body of Christ. And so it's especially important whenever we come to critical decision uh, or junctions in our lives, uh, whether it's a decision for the church in general or our personal decisions that we have, that we be open to this gift. Because now that you're aware of it, maybe some of you weren't even aware that this was a gift, maybe God will, will begin to speak to you and you'll, you'll, you'll sense a prompting in your spirit and God will use you in this way. Here's the second gift I want to talk about tonight. It's the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge. The Spirit's gift of knowledge is not book learned or scholarly knowledge, but it's a word of divine knowledge. 
And uh, the example that I'll use tonight is when the Samaritan woman was there, and, and uh, again, on Sunday, this was kind of referenced some as well, but the Samaritan woman is there, and uh, Jesus knows all about her life because he ha has a word of knowledge, and he begins to speak that word of knowledge over her. He knows things that no one, no one said, right? It wasn't, it wasn't obvious. It wasn't something that anybody told Jesus. He just began to speak a word of knowledge over her, and it was a game changer. It changed the trajectory of her life. So that's what a gift of knowledge is. And um, I heard a testimony of a woman who was, who was saved, and uh, she was saved later on in her life. And although she was saved, she just was riddled with guilt about something that she had done years before, and she never shared this with anybody. And she said, she's giving this testimony. She's the one that is actually, you know, telling the story uh, about how she was saved, uh, you know, later on in her life. And then she was riddled with guilt, even though, uh, you know, she knew she was forgiven by God. She, it's almost like she couldn't forgive herself, never told anybody about it. And this lady at the altar was praying with her. And then God gave her a word of knowledge. And she began to say, I just, you know, and she did it with, with carefulness and concern and love. You know, I just... I feel like there's, there's something that you're holding on to. And, it, and if this is off base, you know, please forgive me, but I feel like God wants me to tell you that, that that abortion that you had years and years ago, God's forgiven you, and it's time you forgive yourself. And she's telling this story, and she breaks down, and, and she, she said she started crying because this was the divine word from God that, that was uh, given through just... Uh, a church person. So we gotta be open to that. It's, it's helpful, it's not hurtful. It's edifying. It built her up and she was able to go uh, on, the, on with the next chapter of her life. Amen? Amen? All right, so the third gift that I wanna talk about tonight is the gift of faith. Of course, we're called to live um, with faith. We are faith assembly, right? But there's special... There's a special operation of the, um, the gift of faith that is supernatural, and it's an empowerment that the Holy Spirit gives us. It's, it's like another level, and it, it happens as the Spirit uh, wills. And so there's, there's two dimensions of faith. A lot of us are all about the first one, which is this. It's like, it's immediate. Like, God, I believe you said it. Oh, cool, I'm healed. I got the answer. I got the finances. I'm good. That's, that's the good kind of faith, right? That all of us can subscribe to that. And we're like, sign me up because it happened in my timing and it's good. But there's also the faith that perseveres when there's no immediate sign. We've sang about it before. Even if I don't see it, I'm gonna believe it, yes. right? Even if I don't feel it, I'm still gonna believe it. That's the kind of faith that I believe that we need to have as the church. So let's continue to faithfully trust that what God has spoken, it will come to pass. Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen? There's a, uh, a missionary back in the, I think it was the, yeah, the 1800s. His name was, Adoniah Judson, and he was one that had this gift of faith that I'm talking about. Uh, he went as a missionary to a place called Burma, which is in Southeast Asia. Uh, I had to look it up, don't worry, all right. And I read about his life, and it was seven years that he was a missionary in this location before he saw one person come to Christ. Seven years. And a lot of you are like, 
So what? That's not very much. No, seven years. Like, what are you doing with your life? I'm a missionary. What do missionaries do? They tell people about Jesus and they get saved. Has, has anybody gotten saved? No. Year two, no. Year three, no. So he kept on praying and believing. God, if you sent me here, then I'm going to be obedient to you. And he had faith. I'm believing for this nation. I'm believing for this area. I'm believing for this region. And when he, uh, when he passed away, it was actually seven years after he had the first convert, but when he died, when he passed away, he left behind 7,000 converts and had established 63 churches in that region. That's somebody who has the gift of faith, right? So may God help us have a faith that perseveres. And the church said, amen. Amen. All right. The fourth gift I want to talk about tonight is the gift of healing or the gifts of healing. They're they're usually referred to as as a grouping of gifts. And that happens in many different ways. Laying on of hands or speaking an authoritative word or anointing with oil. These are all scriptural ways that bring about healing. Um, I was I was at a uh, altar area at um, at a fall renewal one time, and this kid turned around and he said, "Hey, uh, Pastor Matt, I need you to pray for my knee. I messed it up playing basketball like a month ago. I'm in severe pain. I can barely put any pressure on it. And I'm telling you, the speaker was way way over here. Didn't see the interaction. Didn't see him like grabbing his knee. So I knew it wasn't, you know, phony or uh, manipulated in any way." I was like, okay, let's pray. And then he stops the service. He's like, I just feel like God wants to heal somebody right now. So he's way over here on this side. We're over here. I have my, hand, my hands on in his shoulder. And he stops. He says, I just feel like, like right over here uh, that God wants to heal somebody. And um, I think you messed up your knee playing basketball. I mean, I'm telling you, that specific. And you know, I was kind of, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, but whatever. I was kind of like, whoa, this is awesome. You know, <laughs> this is really, really cool. And he said, Pastor Matt, my knee is really warm. My, my knee is really warm. And he's like, God healed me. And so God healed him right there. How many of you know that God still heals today, right? God is still a healer. So even as I share that, no matter what your need is tonight, God still heals and we need to run to him. And who knows, maybe as the church is ignited, maybe as, you, as something is, is clicked in your spirit, God will use one of you to heal somebody else that's sick tonight. That can happen. That's what the church is for. So physical healings, emotional healings, spiritual, gradual, some are instantaneous, but those are the gifts of healing. And then the final gift is uh, the gift of miracles. Uh, Miracles are distinguished from healings and that miracles include a demonstration of God's power in an unusual measure. Well, what does that mean? It was, well, when Jesus fed the 5,000, that was a miracle, but it wasn't really a healing. And so there might be something that is a miraculous door that is opened up or a miraculous door that is closed or, or who, who knows what it might be. You think about Elijah who is uh, facing the prophets of Baal and he said, uh, let's pray. You pray to the false God. I'll pray to the real God. We'll see which God answers. The real God, you know, sent fire, burned up the sacrifice, the soil, the stones, all the water around it. And uh, that was a miracle. That's, that's the difference between a miracle and let's say a healing. But really, a healing is a miracle. So just hopefully that makes sense to you, all right? So in closing tonight, and uh, worship team, if you guys want to come forward, we're going to give you some time to just kind of reflect on this. But the Holy Spirit gives believers spiritual gifts. Somebody say amen to that. 
And we should desire them. We should, we should desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We should not be indifferent about them, but we should desire them. Not necessarily desire weirdness, but if God stretches us a little bit and gets us outside of our comfort zone, we have to be okay with that too. And the gifts of the Spirit are given to the church for the building up of his church. So what I want us to do is position ourselves to receive tonight. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.